Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. The price you paid for my life God's perfect sacrifice Sufficient for me The blood of God to atone My sin you made your own you have set me free You alone have risen You alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glory you reign now All creation cries out You alone are king You alone Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. The first part of the show, what we attempt to do is to share with you how we're funded, and what we're attempting to do. Victory Over Sin is funded by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization for the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. What we attempt to do for them is to explain to you, the listener, and the avid family, uh, the avid group of followers of who listen to us on a weekly basis about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and live on parole. We think that's complex. We think you don't know about it. So that's what we try to do. We do that in a couple different ways. One is this radio show. And if you go back in the archives of KBXL, you'll see two and a half years worth of shows now in terms of we've had major players in terms of directors of Department of Corrections, some national people, legislators, and influential people who have funded uh, different programs to support people who are incarcerated. We've had people directly out their first day out of incarceration, We like the body of work, so if you need to know something about incarceration, go back and look at those old shows. You're liable to get some insight as to what's going on in the Department of Corrections here in the Treasure Valley. In addition to that, we actually do a PowerPoint presentation that's available to any service group, any church group, any business, if you will. It's about a 20-minute presentation that is led by a returning citizen, and what they do is come out, present that PowerPoint, talk about the issues that we feel are important here in Idaho that you need to know about and understand, and then offer questions. And they are a uh, <laughs> they are a returning citizen themselves, so they know exactly about it, and they go forward and uh, do well with that. So that's exciting. At the end of this show, I'll let you know how to reach me in terms of getting in contact with me, and we will potentially set up any of those things. Also, too, I think is as you listen to our guest and we do the show today, If this is something you aspire to do or would like to be involved with, also get in contact with me and we'll go forward and make that work for you. It's a pretty easy process and we're looking for people who are willing to come along and help us kind of change the direction of things that are going on here in the Treasure Valley and in the state of Idaho. We're pretty strongly aligned with another group called Just Leadership USA, which is a national organization. And what they do in particular is to train people who have been incarcerated to be better leaders. And if you're interested in that, you also need to reach out to me. We're in the process of trying to find some people who would like to change Idaho. I'm trying to get a few people to go with us to an emerging leaders workshop up in Alaska the end of August. So if that's something that's of interest to you, get in touch with me. We would also encourage everyone to stop by our office that is open from 9 to 12 Monday through Friday at 8620 West uh, Emerald Way, Suite 140. That's in Boise. What we try to do there is to greet people on their first day out of incarceration. 
we like our new digs, come by and see us. We will be back with my guest in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call returning citizens resources and coffee shop we offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith their recovery and to begin their new life as our neighbor it's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution if you'd like to help us help them please contact mark rennick at 629-8861 that's area code 208-629-8861 and if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition we pay for that call okay we're fortunate to have mr marty soderman from three oaks today he's the managing director welcome thank you for coming thanks for having me appreciate it yeah marty's one of those really good guys that work in the prison system as a head of all the VRCs. Three Oaks is that agency that has the contract with the Department of Corrections. Tell me a little bit about Marty, you know, oh. background and stuff like that. Wow. Well, uh, let's see. Grew up about five hours from here in northern Nevada, but been in Idaho for, oh, man, I'm getting old, for about 30 years, I guess. Um, and uh, in that time, uh you know, the last 25 years or so, I've served in various ministries, Christian ministries, mm-hmm. and uh, as a youth pastor, um, teaching pastor, and uh, currently, as you, you had stated, the managing director of Three Oaks Ministries. Basically, I oversee um, our contracted VRCs, the volunteer and religious coordinators mm-hmm. in the prisons in Idaho. Uh, we have 10 different facilities. We're contracted through IDOC to um, staff with religious coordinators, and so I oversee them, and I oversee some various other ministries uh, within Three Oaks mm-hmm. Ministries. Yeah, that we're going to hopefully talk about today. Yeah. The um, Three Oaks, that contract developed basically because the department really didn't want to staff chaplains, quote-unquote. Is that Would you would that be a fair characterization of uh, how? I don't know exactly the internal um, conversations that went on, but as far as I've been serving in the role even when we were chaplains, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, over a decade ago, mm-hmm. and I've seen it transition. It's kind of a national move. I've seen a lot of departments around the nation move to that more of a religious coordinator or separate themselves a little bit from from the religion, quote-unquote. Yeah, and you think that's pretty much because of uh, – is that because of the estate or tax dollars wanting to distance themselves from those things, or you, why do you think that? Yeah, I really, I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I always focus on what we can do and what we need to do rather than, you know, kind of the past and what, what has happened or, or um, even the genesis of that. I don't really know. I don't yeah. really know. It's just interesting. I always, that's curious to me. That's, uh, and I also understand that uh, pretty soon we have to call you doctor. Is that true? Well, that's, that's a little ways off. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> Well, well, it's a great school, and I really love studying uh, at Liberty. Um, mm. I uh, my my master's degree is from Liberty in Christian apologetics. Okay. Um, my bachelor's though is from Boise State, so okay. just got to throw that out there. No, I understand. That was, that was next on my list because it looks <laughs> like I know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Marty is a real 
shies away from social media and those kinds of things. A very private guy who we respect. But as I trying to find stuff on him, I found out that he was he worked for the Bronco Nation News, and that's where I first saw the name come across. You so you did sports reporting for a while, mostly in football. I've um, my whole life football's been kind of a family passion. Mm-hmm. Um, both my boys play. I played. My dad played and coached for. 15, 20 years, something like that. And, um, and I've coached. And so one of my passions is, is football. And so I was able to write about football as a columnist for Bleacher Report Mm -hmm. and for Bronco Nation News and, uh, for, for various other, uh, entities relating to Boise State football. Um, mostly Bleacher Report went to nationally from about what about BSU, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I covered Boise State football for I think approximately about seven years, probably around five hundred different articles published. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoyed it a lot, but you know, in recent years, I've just really felt a call to focus my writing back on um, the Christian ministry, and so that's what I've been doing now. I've I just released my first um, book of a series of books that are called the Countdown Collection. Mm-hmm. which are going to be focused on eschatology end times. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book is called Marks of the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available on Amazon, by the way. There shameless you go. There shameless you go. plug. That's um, okay. But Spell that last name for us. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, here's the thing about it. So I'm just trying to get people back to studying the Bible line by line, precept upon precept. And so I try to write them easy enough to understand, but challenging enough that um, somebody who has studied the Bible a long time or somebody who hasn't either – Either one could enjoy the book, or even a non-believer, and sit down and kind of study it out. Because so. I know that um, you and I've talked about this a little bit. I'm like, kind of like a church junkie, and I like the guys who actually go through verse by verse and teach a book yeah, and do too. it again, and, and go into the background and what the words mean, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so, I think that's the way Christians should be at least exposed to that, so that you really understand the context of whatever is said. Oh. And so, certainly not everybody in the it's far from everybody in the valley does that. Yeah, and and I agree. The thing for me is it's the way I teach, and it's um, the the church that I attend. I don't want to get into that, but I mean that's the way our our pastor does it. But um, I think what it what it allows you to do is you can't you can't jump around and you can't skip topics. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think it's just a great way to disciple people and also mm-hmm. just to learn any subject is to go through it line by line. Mm-hmm. And cover every single topic, every single. Yeah, I th- I've had more than one pastor say, you know, if I if I wanted to, this would have been one I wanted to skip. In terms of as a as oh, a yeah. passage yeah. came up, and so I think that's if you go through it, though, you're forced to really right. look at the hard stuff right. because it's uh, I, I would it's hard. It is uh, not easy being a Christian these days and listening to what's going on, especially with the world around us. Right, and so people need to hear the truth. Right. And so not enough of us are engaged in those environments where we're exposed to it. Would that, would you agree with that? I agree. Or? I mean, if you look at the postmodern era as <laughs> an even post-postmodern, which is, we're now entering in, which is kind of a scary time, truth has become something of a… Uh, relative thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, rel- it's moral relativism. It's basically you define your own truth, and then we also have this strange thing where certain groups define truth, but… Really, they're they're rejecting all truth, and um, because truth can't be made up on the fly, yeah. truth is truth, you know. And so, um, yeah. And so, I think it it when we go through the Word of God line by line, I think again we're challenged with the truth, and we have to look at everything in context. Context is key 
you know, and it tells us the truth of God's word. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's so cool. You have this reputation too, I think, because most people know that listen to my voice know that I was incarcerated, and I never really was in a situation where you were the VRC at any institution I was. But you, since I've been out, I know that people. We talk to people every day coming out of incarceration, and people when they talk, speak of you, they always speak very highly of you, staff as well as the people coming out. So there must be something there that you're connecting with that. Is that where does that come from in terms of connecting with the population that's incarcerated? Wow. Well, so. I mean, I I hope it's it's because I care, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I care about the staff. I care about the guys incarcerated. I care about people in general. And, um, you know, I just, I think that my philosophy in life in, in ministry comes strictly from the scripture. And I always think about in first Corinthians, um, chapter one, uh, I think it's about verse 26, Paul, he's talking to the believers in Corinthians and he, he tells them just to remember that not many noble are called, not many mighty are called. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's verse 27 says, but God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound mm-hmm. the wise, and I can identify. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm I'm the poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks. I, I grew up, um, I didn't have much, and and I don't know. There's something in me that I really just want to reach out to those that the world discards. That I want to listen to those who who others might ignore, and that's not to put myself on a high horse or anything like that. It's just that. That's what we need to do as Christians. Mm-hmm. The scripture is, is over and over it says in the scripture that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And I have to remember the grace I've been given. I have to remember all the reasons why I need to remain humble and not mm-hmm. to think too highly of myself. And that I'm in that list of not many mighty, not many noble, um, and that God does choose the foolish things of the world, you know, the the castoffs, the outcasts. You know, when and I love that old song that talks about when when the world sees a shepherd little shepherd boy, God sees a king. And I look at these these people incarcerated and I listen to their hearts and I see so much potential, especially in the kingdom of God. These guys who truly have faith, it's you see it. You see that they have a heart to serve, but they don't think they can ever do that. They yeah. don't think they could ever come back from that. Yeah, it's a, it's, an, it's an amazing process. I agree with you 100% because you'll see people who come in my office or I'll interact with people and they won't see what I what you can see in their heart, and if there's that inkling to go our way, and that they start to see it and they start to walk the right way, there is just no greater feeling in the world than to see that and to see that develop. That's very very powerful. And again, I'm I'm making a plea. You're listening to Marty and I today, and this is something you're interested in. You need to reach out to either myself or or Marty's always looking for people to go inside the institutions too. This is a very inexpensive way to live out your Christianity. And it's so rewarding. And it's difficult to convince the world or people who feel that way that they're kind of worthy enough to step up and do that. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things, if we're talking about the volunteer aspect, mm-hmm. yeah. um, a lot of times I, I get apprehension because people are fearful or just fearful of the unknown or they don't feel like they're worthy or what do they have to offer these guys? And the, th- the bottom line is, is um, if you care, Mm-hmm. If you have uh, the heart to serve, then you you qualify. And it's like anything else. It may seem scary at first, but 
there's so much training, so much preparation. Um, you're 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 taken in literally by the hand and and shown around and and um, no one should be fearful of it. You know, it's one of those things that once you start doing it, so many volunteers over the years says, yeah, I remember how I was intimidated at first. You know, my first experience, and you probably don't know this, but my first experience in a prison setting was over about 20 years ago as a volunteer at Max. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. About 20 years ago. Yeah. And I remember going in <laughs> intimidated, especially Max, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but it was so rewarding. Yeah. It was so rewarding after getting through that initial, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but there's that initial apprehension. But then you realize, oh, man, these guys are just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. They've done something to put them here for sure. But, man, they they really listen. They want to hear. They're here to to grow and to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very rewarding. Yeah, there was a the man uh, there was a man named uh, Cooperstein, uh, Robert Cooperstein, that brought Pure Word into Max oh, yeah. when I was there. And it was it was a three hour class at night on like a Thursday, <laughs> and he would come just all the time, and people would be crammed into his class. And I remember coming up to him and saying, "Why in the world do you do this?" You know, and he goes, "You may not believe me, Mark, but I get more out of this than you do." Yeah. And I didn't at the time. I do now. I understand that. And um, um, but I didn't at the time. Right. And I thought, you know, what a crazy kind of dude, man. And he was right. You know, so, um, yeah, it's difficult. So, again, you're listening to us, and this is something that uh, piques your interest. Uh, follow through with it. It's very hard in life to venture towards something you're afraid of. But if this is it, boy, follow through with it. The rewards are, are tremendous. I agree. Cool. And let's, let's talk a little bit about, our, we got a new project together, kind of, quote, yeah. unquote. Well, why don't you explain to me and what that is and what your role of that is? So, to me is... Uh because there's people, if you're listening to us out in the desert now, this is exciting. This is coming to you. Yeah, so the, the Urban Ministry Institute, uh, it's a great ministry. Um, and what they have is they have the opportunity for various ministries around the nation to set up a satellite campus for their school and their ministry. Basically, um, we've done that here on the outside, outside of the prisons here in Idaho. And it's going to be called the Idaho Ministry Institute. And basically, it's uh, it's based on the Toomey overall core classes that they offer, but we're going to be teaching and leading, or uh, raising up and discipling leaders within the church. And again, we're looking at those who, uh, the least of these, you know, uh, those who can't afford seminary, mm -hmm. but they're going to get a quality education and mentorship and discipleship, or those coming out of prison, um, or who who need a second, third, fourth, or 100th chance, you know, mm -hmm. um, because God doesn't give up on us, you yeah, know. Um, and so this institute will be focused on solid curriculum. It's an amazing curriculum. And you you can check out the curriculum. The website's about 90% completed. It's IdahoMI.com. That's Idaho, the letter M, the letter I for ministryinstitute.com. Mm -hmm. You can look at some of uh, what we're about, but there's much more to come on that site. Um but again, it's about raising up leaders within the church and those leaders who maybe others look and say, are you kidding, this guy? Yep, yeah, that's, that's who God wants. Yeah, and that's I think I, I wholeheartedly agree. And the other aspect of this too is that my partnership uh, uh, and my nonprofit are looking to put one of those seminaries in first the yard, hopefully within the next 45 days or so and then following that up in the fall with uh, one at ISCC so we're going I I see 
ISCI and then ISCC, get our acronyms down. But uh, so we're excited about that. And then hopefully at some point in time, we've sort of made a commitment to as, as soon as possible to get to Pocatello. So uh, we're really excited about that. It's, it's fun. It's a super organization that's really supporting is. us in this. And uh, the heart is really in the right spot and quality people and absolute quality people. So we're really excited about it. Well, one of the, the nice things about um, Toomey and about their curriculum is that it's all apostolic. It's all based in the Nicene Creed. It's not denominational in any way. However, you can you can teach it. They give you the full freedom to teach it in the way that you see best or you choose for your region, your the people you have, the groups you have. And not only that, but guys who are studying in prison can literally transition when they come out of prison. Mm-hmm. They can continue their education right where they left off in the outside school. Yep. So the theory being that if you're, let's say you enroll in one of them through one of the organizations that we start inside either the yard or at ISCC and you do four of the 16 modules, you can get the rest of the modules by going to Marty's three Oaks program over and uh, down on off of Fairview. And so it's a continuation. And when you do it, you actually get a degree in theology. That's it's right. really, fa- it's absolutely fantastic. I, I saw the program at um, Snake River and uh, the way it's presented, it's really a quality fashion. It sparks discussion and the people who were there had been doing it for a while, and they were all excited about it. And um, for you administrators and those people who are uh, saying, "What is this thing doing?" The, the recidivism rate once you to once you do four modules is five point one percent because they've been keeping these statistics for about a decade. So it's really powerful. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it's this isn't a standard school where you just you put the information out there, the student takes it in and studies it, yeah. takes a test. This is full immersion. This is life. This is life application. This is discipleship. This is walking with them, beside them, day by day, teaching them these things, these principles, um, these courses, but also having them live it out, having projects and things that they work with. And the other very neat thing about it is we can create courses uh, that we see fit for our region. And again, we're going to have a a community chaplaincy certificate. We're going to have a Bible study, study leadership certificate. And we're going to even offer nine-week courses on specific books of the Bible like Genesis, mm-hmm. Revelation, the book of Acts, mm-hmm. to teach the basics of the church, eschatology, creation, things like that. This is right up your alley, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah that's I great. It. This is great. <laughs> and it'll you be top line big, by line. You, know, so. you, can, you can see the smile on this guy's face. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's exciting. So, uh, again, I, uh, things are, are, are looking up for those of us who have been incarcerated and the options that are available for us in all sorts of different ways. Um, tell me uh, different things. What's going on for you in the future? This is obviously going to take up a bunch of your time. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Um, so I'll be overseeing the the um, Idaho Ministry Institute, and we'll be we'll be again tweaking those courses as we go and expanding and things like that. I'll, I'll continue to do my writing. I have my first novel coming out next month. There you go. And then I'll have other subsequent books that will be released. But I think um, this is going to be my main focus. Um, and I'm just truly excited because we already have a, a pool of um, students who are interested. We're looking at starting classes next month. And um, I, like I said, I'm just I'm very excited to see what God's going to do with all this. Yeah, well, that's good. I think it's uh, – I love the fact when um, great things happen to quality people. And uh, I'm excited about that. We um, – I've been out of prison for eight years now, and I think the horizon, if you're listening to me in the desert or you're driving around on parole, 
uh, things are getting better for us. We're making an impact not only in how the Department of Corrections runs their programs, but we're making an impact on the things that need to be changed out here in the in the real world for those of us who have been on parole or on parole. So I'm excited about that, and uh, I'm we haven't had a chance to partnership before, and so this is uh, this is exciting. So thank you so much for coming in. Anything you want to say in closing? No, just thank you for having me. I really oh, appreciate no, it. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be connecting more and more as things go, as this takes off, because I really think this will take off. Yeah, I do too. Okay, thank Thanks, you so Mark. much. You will know a vision. You will know to save us. You will know to rescued us from the grave. Glorious, you reign now. All creation cries out. You alone are king. You will know a vision. You will know to saved us. You will know to rescued us from the grave. Okay, as you can tell, that was fun. Uh, uh, Marty, is, Marty is one of those quality guys that uh, has a heart for those of us who have been incarcerated. And um, you, if you're listening to me and you've been in that situation, you know that there aren't that many people around that do that. So we're happy to have him on. If you need to get in touch with us or me or you want a link to me, to Marty, I'll be happy to do that. You can do that at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call us on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.